Good morning, hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. As always, I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside my color man, Davis Carroll. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn and Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be tuning in today. Whether that be from your terrestrial radio antenna listening to us on 91.1 FM, or if you are listening on our video web live stream, WeagleFM.com. Other than that, you can also listen to us after the fact as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, on your player of choice. So we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. As now, we are, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL Studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where right now it is 37 degrees and sunny on a fine Monday morning. So wake up. It is once again Compact Discourse, another week of shows coming at you live. We wish you a good old-fashioned good morning as we get on with the show. Davis, how are you feeling today on a Monday morning? Feeling good. Uh, it's Monday, so you always feel a little tired after the weekend, but otherwise, I feel pretty good. That's good to hear. Eventful weekend. Something, something to be tired about this weekend? I'd, I'd say so. Went to the basketball game Saturday, Sunday, got some work in at work, and then watched some football. Watched some uh, football, North Americana. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, yeah, plenty of stuff to talk about on the show today from this past weekend, including Auburn's victory in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Uh, on in Auburn Arena, uh, Alabama's victory over Baylor in the SEC Big 12 Challenge uh, in Coleman Coliseum, uh, which will set up an enormous matchup tomorrow as the Crimson Tide come and visit the Auburn Tigers, the number one Auburn Tigers, um, tomorrow evening in Auburn Arena. So we'll, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more, including the AFC and NFC championships, what's going on in the NBA, and plenty of other sports talk to get to, including some baseball news as uh, opening day is just around the corner as long as we can get the uh, collective bargaining agreement sorted out with the Players Union. Uh, Some minor league news as well uh, that I'm interested to talk about, and a whole lot more. So a lot going on in all four major American sports uh, this weekend. But uh, as you know, we love not sports just as much as we love sports here on the show, so there's plenty of other news to get to as well. At this point, I would like to remind our audience that if at any point in the next hour you feel so inclined to ask a question drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, you can correct us. You can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL on your Touchstone keypad. You can also tweet at us at CDISCAU. That's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. And we would love to hear from you. You can also um, suggest this secret song which is a, a segment I'd like to return. So if you have a secret song you'd like to hear, I guess at 8.30 now would be the halfway point of the show. We'd love to play that for you if you're listening to us on the radio or the Weagle FM live stream. And with that, we will jump right into the show. Which, uh, we will start with Auburn basketball as they defended their number one crown against the Sooners of Oklahoma. Uh, on Saturday, and now finally, if you Google Auburn versus Oklahoma, the score that comes up is the basketball game and not the Sugar Bowl from <laughs> five years ago where we lost to Oklahoma. Um, so finally, that that will be rectified, at least until we play Oklahoma again in another sport. So uh, January 29th, 2022, in Auburn Arena, it was an afternoon tip-off, 1 p.m. tip, as part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, as I mentioned. 
Um, Auburn was not as good as they were last year, so they pulled a relatively middle-of-the-pack um, Big 12 opponent. They were not forced to go up to Allen Fieldhouse like Kentucky was or host a top-five team in Baylor like Alabama was. So uh, they were able to pull off the Oklahoma Sooners, who uh, boasted a 13-7 and record coming into the game, 2-3 and four, or two and three away record. Auburn uh, looking to win their 40th straight game at home against a non-conference opponent, which they ended up doing. So their conference or non-conference win streak at home extends to 40. So dominant home for the Auburn Tigers in a non-conference fashion and a dominant performance in the first half of this one as they outscored Oklahoma 39-27 to in the first half. Um, I would say the second half was not as dominant as the first, but ended up getting the job done as uh, they, they pulled away to create a, a palindrome score of 68 to 86 or 86 to 68, depending on how you want to read that one. Either way, it goes both ways. So uh, that was the uh, situation in Auburn Arena. Another capacity crowd um, a- announced attendance of, of 9121, which is, I think, all they can announce. But I can assure you, for anyone that was on the scene, the uh, Auburn Arena was packed to the gills as it has, as it has been ever since the new year. So uh, that was interesting to see, especially for a, you know, a non-conference unranked opponent. I mean, you expect it for Kentucky, but uh, this, this was something special to see. And I'm sure we'll see a repeat of it on Tuesday. I think people just want to see Oklahoma. You don't, you don't, you don't often get to see Auburn play Oklahoma unless, until they get into the SEC. We'll, we'll see it some more. Oh, yeah. So Just, just getting ready. Just getting, getting ready, ready for what's coming. Uh, I think the Bama game is going to be even crazier. I'm not sure how early people are going to line up since they have classes, but I'm I'm sure people will skip their classes and start getting there early. Absolutely. So we're going to go over stats real quick, and then Davis, I know you braved the line to get into this one in 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 the uh, arc and sub zero yeah, the Arctic conditions, the howling winds and sleet. Um, so we'll we'll do team stats, and then we will jump right into some some stories from the day as it was 80s day. Um, all right, so in this one, Auburn shot 46% from the floor, which is great. Would you Would you agree? Uh, Am I off base in saying that I mean, that's it's, great? it's all right. You usually want 50, but 46 is pretty good. It rounds 50, up. 50 is like 50, 60 is best you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. Occasional 70 for players, not for a whole team, though. So they went 46, uh, 29 of 63 from the floor. Much better than Oklahoma's 39% from the floor. So they... Uh, we're shooting much better than the Sooners. Three-point percentage, Oklahoma went 8 for 27, good for 30% from the floor. Uh, and Auburn was 6 of 23, so neither team shot the three ball great on Saturday. But that's not where the offense was primarily coming from. Uh, free throw percentage, Auburn did spectacularly. They got uh, 22 of their 26 free throws, which uh, Oklahoma left seven points on the table there and I think that ended up making a not not the difference in the game, but I feel like Auburn was very automatic uh, in in drawing those fouls and getting those free throws, and I think that was uh, what made a difference in the game. And then a big thing that I think uh, separated this team, uh, this Auburn team from Oklahoma, was the rebounding. Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma had nine offensive rebounds, twenty defensive rebounds. Auburn outdoes them there with 14 offensive rebounds and 27 defensive rebounds. That's good for 41 total. Oklahoma only racking up 29. So they get out-rebounded by 12. And, uh, you know, the more possessions you give this Auburn team, the harder it's going to be for you to beat them. Yes. Offensive rebounds, I, I would argue, are the most important 
non-scoring stat in the game of basketball. That gives you a whole new possession that you would have lost mm-hmm. if you didn't. It can be a get, hustle up and grab it. A six-point six swing if you play your cards right. Yes. Um, Auburn gets one tech. It was on Dylan Cardwell, who got in the face of an Oklahoma player, I believe number 35 on Oklahoma. Yes. After uh, after scoring, um, so that. The one negative uh, thing on the on they the gave me a chance to explain to all the people around me that were so confused, like "What's happening? This is crazy!" I was like, uh, "Yeah, he just yelled in his face. It's a technical foul." You can uh, you can wave Alex in if you'd like. Uh we, we'll, we'll let him we'll let him flounder. <laughs> um, so uh, Oklahoma commits fourteen turnovers uh, to Auburn's ten. So that's another four possessions in Auburn's favor, and uh, Oklahoma fouls twenty-one times to Auburn's nineteen. Auburn got up to twenty points was their largest lead. Uh, that evaporated in the second half as they Oklahoma pulled within four, I believe, but never led in this one at all. And I was talking to uh, Mr. Brad Law after the game. Uh, if if you were disappointed in this Auburn performance, if you can if you can frame it, I believe Josh Pate refers to these as a padlock stat. If you can just tell somebody with no context that Auburn led by twenty at one point and never trailed, I think you could take that any day of the week. Yeah. They I, they they did get a little sloppy for my taste in the second half at times. The offense was pretty robotic also, but they really got it together. Got some good hype moments when Dylan fell on the ground, started and hyped up the crowd. I think that yeah. was real. I thought he was hurt. I really did. I didn't know what happened. Yeah. I I, I think it was the guy that fell on his leg. Mm-hmm. It was, maybe it was like a, a shriek of pain, but he was fine. But, yeah, I think that was like one of the big moments that really gave Auburn the spark because – Half the time in the second quarter, they just have they just ISO and nobody would move around on offense, which mm-hmm. I have a big issue with. But I'm sure if they score, they score. So most people probably don't. But as a basketball purist, I guess you could describe me. No, I need I need I need uh, I need to hear about what happened in the line. So uh, while we wait for Alex to get in here, we are going to talk about what happened in the SEC and Big Twelve Challenge. As I believe the SEC won, just based off the three games I'm looking at. They, won they the, did. They won the three high-profile games. They won all but one, I think, or two. All right, so uh, as I mentioned, in Coleman Coliseum out in Tuscaloosa, Alabama handedly beats Baylor, uh, about a 10-point lead for this one at, at, at all points with the Crimson Tide. They defeat Baylor 87-78. to Kentucky runs Kansas out of Allen Fieldhouse with a 80-62 to lead. They were winning by 20 at halftime. Texas Tech defeats Mississippi State 76-50. to Texas with a one-point victory over number 18 Tennessee in Austin, 52-51. to TCU defeats LSU 77-68. to Iowa State on top of Mizzou, 67-50. to Arkansas takes down West Virginia, 77-68. to Ole Miss all over Kansas State, 67-56. to Florida defeats the Cowboys of Oklahoma, 81-72. to and uh, the poor four SEC teams that got to play each other instead of a Big 12 team. Vanderbilt uh, defeats Georgia, who, uh, if you'll remember, did beat Alabama last week. So, uh, as Josh Rothstein put it, feast or famine out in Coleman Coliseum as Alabama is either losing to winless Georgia or defeating number 4 Baylor by 10 points, and there's no in-between. And South Carolina defeats Texas A&M 74-63 on the road in Reed Arena. And that is your SEC scoreboard for Saturday. When we return, we will be discussing what happened in Jungle Village as Alex and Davis both braved the sub-zero temperatures, howling winds, freezing rains, and a whole lot more. 
Uh, when we return, we will get the story from Boots on the Ground, some members of Weagle who were not DJing the event as Weagle did on Saturday, but did stand out in line in order to get the privilege of watching the number one Auburn Tigers take on Oklahoma inside Auburn Arena. All that and more when we come back. You're listening to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I am your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Alex and Davis. Coming at you live on a Monday morning, it is 8.17 in the a.m. here in Auburn, Alabama. Let's jump on over to your weather report for today. Right now, currently in Auburn, Alabama, it is uh, 39 degrees Fahrenheit and sunny. So it's uh, warming up. And it will get pretty warm today if you were, uh, if you brave the cold this weekend. You may be pleasantly surprised to learn that it will get up to 62 degrees this afternoon out in the sunshine. Uh, this evening it will cool back off to 45 with an overnight temp of 39, about where we are right now. And that is what it's looking like today. Not as windy as it was this weekend. Two mile per hour winds heading southeast. UV index of zero despite the sunshine. Visibility 10 miles and uh, your hourly forecast, by 11 a.m., it will get up to 57. At 9 a.m., it will be 46 degrees. Your five days ahead outlook um, tomorrow, more of the same, pretty much the exact same weather as today. Wednesday, a little bit warmer, but it will be cloudy with a 20% chance of precipitation. And Thursday and Friday, if you were planning on sticking around on the plains, the 3rd and 4th of February, it will be a 60% chance of rain and an 80% chance of rain, respectively. So it will get up to 75 degrees on Thursday, but um, will be raining. And uh, this is, is, you know, it, it's that classic uh, winter in Alabama, one nice day, and then three days of rain following it. So we're, we're, we're getting our first one of the new year. So that's exciting to see. It's uh, it, good, good to see that some things stay the same. And that was your um, your Auburn weather report. If I could find my button. I'll just do the sound if you want. Oh. There it is. There, there I, it is. I saved everyone from having to hear it been, Davis's I, I'm impression. I'm saying it would have sounded good. I don't know, Davis. I'm not sure if you can match that pitch. You're one to talk over there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I am. All right. Uh, well, yeah, it is a good morning. I have. It is Monday morning. I got my cup of coffee from Duncan, and we are uh, ready to get into the show. So. Or if I had got my cup of coffee. That's right. Uh, you guys were in the line. On Saturday? Yes. I hear? I was there a bit before Davis. I initially planned on getting in line at about 5 a.m., but then I decided that was a bad idea, so I got in line at about 6.40. I mean, it, was, it, it ended up working out. You got, it did. You it got did. Your bucket I, I got my bucket hat. As, as I and many others in the line around yes. me said, we're just there for the bucket hats. I will, yes, I will, I will divulge some details about the bucket hat, but I know... Um, you were you were live tweeting the situation on your Twitter. Yes, I was. So if you uh, if you want to go to uh, Alex's Twitter, Alex Houston on Twitter, uh, you can check out all the the nitty gritty of what was happening. Specifically, the Guthrie's, the Guthrie's pyramid, yes. which was which was a big hit. Uh, that was after Guthrie's, who has decided to treat every single basketball game as a PR opportunity, with first the uh, throwing of the T-shirts at about eleven thirty at Pearlville to now passing out. Boxes upon boxes of two chicken fingers and a bag of potato chips all throughout the crowd. 
Then a group behind us decided it was in their best interest to pass the time by building a pyramid out of the Guthrie's boxes. They were calling from throughout the crowd. People were finding their way to get them there, and it was pretty great. And then somebody jumped on it like the Bills Mafia, and that was that was kind of unfortunate. But, you know, it was a good end for the Guthrie's Tower. But, yeah, it was really cold. I don't think I've ever been that cold in my life, I'm going to be honest. I lost most feeling in my, in my hands and feet at certain points. One of my friends, Emily, legit started to turn purple. I'm not even kidding. It was, and that, that was, a lot of people, a lot of people around us, uh, started to turn different shades of well, not their normal skin tones. So, yeah, it was frigid. That was awful. I mean, again, though, you know, it's all worth it because Auburn got a win, and it was a fun game. And again, I got my bucket hat. I remember when I was going into the jungle, I saw two people walking out with bucket hats. I think they literally went in to get them and then left. Mm. You'd think they'd stay in and just like stayed warm for a little bit before going back out there. Didn't seem, didn't seem like that. Didn't seem too concerned about. Did the not cold. seem too concerned. But yes, Jack, you said you had your uh, your bit about the bucket hat. Oh, yeah, so Some the bucket hats were were brought brought to us by our friends at um, Auburn College Vault, who were doing like a pop up shop because it was '80s Day. If you were in the arena, you may have noticed like a lot of fun details regarding '80s Day, including throwback logos on on the the scoreboard. I, I did quite enjoy that. And and like, the throwback logos and were. the VHS filter on yes. all the hype videos. Super super cool stuff. Uh, it was it was awesome. Like the the Sonny Smith banner was was like. Great in its own right, but everything that came along with it was even cooler. So as a result, we did have bucket hats um, to celebrate 80s Day. 500 of them. The magic number was 500. Um, <laughs> far, far too few to appease the masses is what I quickly learned as we had them set up on a table where we normally hand out the shakers coming into the jungle, the student entrance here at Auburn Arena. So first 500-some-odd students. When I tell you, the if you, if you had a line graph of fan mood, it went immediately from pure elation to pure despair as the bucket hats quickly ran out. We went from very excited, people were very happy to get their bucket hat, just hype running into the jungle, to borderline fury as people learned that the bucket hats had sadly run out as they were a finite resource. It was so. a crazy, crazy experience. I had people around me selling them. They said, Venmo me right now and I'll give you the bucket hat. Dudes were looking around for bucket hats in the bleachers saying, is that your bucket hat? Are, are, are you going to wear that bucket hat? Because my, my friend wants a bucket hat. And one girl legit said, Venmo me. It was like Dune out there. It was insane. People, the, bu- the bucket hat must flow. It, it was insane. I mean, as you know. but I have, I have a question for Jack regarding me. the bucket hats that I'm sure all fans would like to know. Will they ever be a return in the future, question mark? I um I would say no, but here's here's an exciting detail about that. The um the players, Devin Cambridge most notably, are pretty upset that they didn't get one. Yes. Mm. So I think it's gonna have to. We might just have to to beg the people that provided us uh, with the bucket hats for a second run of these because they I have never seen people go so gaga for a, a giveaway item before. In my life, in, and all, I, in all my days. If I may be so bold on two fronts. One, uh, somebody got SUNY to sign their bucket hat and then went on and said, I'm selling it for $250. Highest bid gets it. I think that's a little too low. I, I agree, but, you know, it was, it was a crazy time. Yeah. We were all very market, cold. Market economy. It's Addi- gonna end, additionally, the atelier. additionally I, must, I must wonder exactly why they wouldn't make these bucket hats for sale because it seems like, you know, the ideal promotional opportunity. You give away 500 Mm-mm. free to build up interest, and then you no. say, hey, guys, here, go sell them. Because then everybody has one. They're not special anymore. That's true. I mean, it's a one-time event to sell them. Mm. Scarcity. Artificial no, you have scarcity. the 500 that you give away at the game, and then people are fighting over them. But, but, then, you, but you, you don't did, make any money from any of that. Uh, but if you just... I think they... Did they make any money for... It was just... They just handed them over to they you. They were giveaway. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying is like I get it. I agree. But I'm I do not what I'm as saying, a fan, I don't what want to saying, sold. I understand they're making money. But if they just put them for sale and anybody that wanted one could get one, people wouldn't care anymore. I mean, I think I think the initial fervor they'd make enough. I think they yeah, they'd make enough, but I don't think people would care as much as they do now. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it was pretty great. Always love the traditional one game that gives a giveaway. The freshman year it was the gymnastics meet that gave away those beanies. Very solid, except I accidentally shrunk mine, which was very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love the free T-shirts as well. Yeah, the, uh, the bucket hat also went hand in hand with the uh, the headband that was given away yes. at the ladies' game. The, I did not know those previous. were given away. I wish I had. So uh, it was uh, it was quite the week for giveaways. And then you had your uh, your orange T-shirt at the gymnastics. Match. Absolutely, did you get one of those. I did. Uh, unfortunately, I was not one of the first five hundred to get a chicken sandwich, which was very unfortunate. Yeah. But I did get I did get the, the T-shirt. first guy came and got the, all uh, five hundred. It was yeah. It was communicated to me that it was not one chicken sandwich for the first five hundred fans. It was. 500 chicken sandwiches for the first fan. Ah, okay, that maybe, makes a lot more sense. Maybe that's why, maybe that's who got them all. I must, Davis, it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chicken yeah. sandwiches. However, that gymnastics meet was, was crazy. Like, that was fun. Did you enjoy that, it? That was the craziest environment I've ever been in for, I, like, gymnastics meet. It was completely I, different. I foolishly thought I would be able to roll up, you know, 10 minutes after doors open and get in the pit. But As, as I had said to my friends while walking out of the arena, that Bama hate runs deep. And the fact of the matter is it probably won't be like that for any of the other meets, as good as they are, as great as this yeah. team is. I mean, that was the second highest score they've ever had. Sadly, we don't have LSU at home this year. True, unfortunate. That would have been something special. I know you would have been looking forward to that, Jack, have, more yeah, than anybody. I would have been in line now. I was not a big fan of the uh, student section booing some of the gymnasts when they, for uh, when they started to perform. I, I think the only— Gymnastics is the, one, is the one sport where everybody cheers for people. Exactly. The only, the only thing that we get away with is the gymnastics mimicking them, which has always been a thing, and it's hilarious. Yeah. They did it. They did it. They've done it forever. So because I, they do it forever doesn't make it funny. I mean, the, the Alabama gymnast thought it was funny. So, I, I mean, I think it was oh, funny. Oh, I didn't. But uh, the booing was that. Could have, it could have been without that. But, I mean, overall, the event was insane. I mean, SUNY, like— in her all-around debut, yeah. was the best gymnast on the floor. She did all four events for the layman out exactly. there. Exactly. Yes. That don't know what that means. Yes. Including and me. She was great. I think she got like that 9.975 on the bars, which oh, was yeah. insane. No, beam. It was beam, which was insane. Very close to a 10. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't a 10. I think it was because she wobbled there for a second, but that's just, you know. Honestly, I'm, I've learned after going to enough gymnastics, I mean, I don't know what qualifies what score, because sometimes I think things are amazing, and the judge is like, actually, it's a 9.7. I was like, what? Jack Jack was describing it to me as like if you see the same thing every time, you know like what perfect is, and you can ah, qualify. Ah, interesting. That's kind of how he described it. Yeah, I, I, I made up because I, I was like I was doing my I was doing my bit like my co- comedy was like how do they choose if it's point five or point two? <laughs> I, I I made an analogy about movies to put it into Alex or to Davis's languages. Ah, there you go. That that that's that's a good. You guess something to say to me, Alex? No, Davis. Will you, will you give me the glare for? No, it? Davis. Nothing. Oh, so you were just looking at me? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> to bother you, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a fun time. Really good weekend for uh, Auburn sports. I and think a lot of fun. I never thought I'd see a swag surf at at gymnastics. That environment was crazy when the floor came up. I never thought we'd stand. That's the one thing I never thought. I never thought we'd stand the entire time in the student section, but we did. And not to mention, the ladies were crying when the when that guy from the Bachelor showed up. Like legit, Matt James. legit people were in tears what? around us. One girl didn't even get close to him. She just saw him and started crying. I was like, "What is this?" I thought he was hilarious. He was great. Funny guy. I like him. But like, what? 
Crazy times, it though. Is, it is very entertaining to see the different crowds that roll up to basketball versus gymnastics. The problem is part of the basketball crowd bleeded into that gymnastics crowd, which is why they started booing. That was what I noticed as well. Not mm-hmm. to mention, I will mm-hmm. say, the uh, the lookalike cam might be my new favorite thing the, uh, for the for the video board. The that Jeff, was hilarious. The Jeff Grable one got me. That was great. Because I, I didn't know he had a twin until like a few oh. months ago. And now, because then I, I saw his twin at the Olympics, and I was like, "Yo, Jeff Grabe on the U.S. team." And then Jazzy I googled Jeff Grabe in then Tokyo. I, then I googled Jeff Grabe Olympics, and then I was like, "Hmm, this seems suspect." And then, of course, I learned, "Ah, wait, he has a brother in Minnesota, which is why Suni is in Auburn." It all makes sense. Yeah, it's all so, coming together. Well, absolutely, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And this gymnastics team is for real. I mean, they're they're going all the way, not all the way, of course, but I mean, I'd expect them to be competing for the championship. Is what I meant. One thing I think Auburn should like have like a you know those like old sixties promotional videos for like like they're like get under your desk when total like yeah you know those I mean yeah Auburn should do those for like fan etiquette for like different sporting events okay or like the yeah I mean I, don't I, boo when the gymnast comes on the floor or or don't boo when Ty Ty Washington legitimately injures yes. his leg in the Kentucky game because you think I had a couple guys say get up you brat and I was like y'all he he, he injured what basketball you, fans are either. No, I'm not gonna say it. the 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 only the only I have a lot of gripes with some people at basketball games. I, not I, everybody. I have just, a lot of gripes with a, most fans and most things. But hey, at least we didn't start chanting "Roll Tide" when Derek Brown got injured in the Iron Bowl. So I mean, you know, mm. could be worse. It could be worse. We could be Bama. Remember that, guys. We always could be Bama. That's true. All right, we're gonna head to a quick break, and when we return, the excitement continues. We've got to talk about the NFC and AFC championships. We've also got to talk about some recent developments in the world of baseball as it has been a cold winter for the MLB. We've also got some NBA to talk about as it was a fun NBA Sunday, including the Lakers losing to my Atlanta Hawks and a whole lot more. So when we come back, we will get to that and more. If you want to join the show, you can call in at 334-844-9345 or tweet at us at CDiscAU. We'll be back in about two minutes with some more of the show. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. You are listening to us live. You just heard the secret 8.30 a.m. song. If you're listening to us on the podcast, you did not hear us for a number of reasons. So uh, if you want to hear that secret 8.30 song, you got to tune in live, WEGL 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com. But welcome back, podcast audience, and thank you for joining us. Live audience, it is 8.38 in the morning. Welcoming you into Compact Discourse. I've got Alex. I've got Davis hanging out with me today. Yesterday was Championship Sunday in the NFL as our Super Bowl matchup is now decided for two weeks from yesterday on the 13th of February. The Super Bowl is like one week later now because they added that extra week to the season. Is that right? Yes. So it's two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, we got the Pro Bowl. Boo. Next week. And uh, then we got the Super Bowl. Uh, the week after that, and we are looking forward to it because now we know who's playing in it. Woo! And all right, we'll, be a good one. We'll just kick off the day by talking about the first game that happened, kicking off at 2 p.m. Central Time. That was the AFC Championship out in Arrowhead Stadium. It was the Bengals of Cincinnati, the visiting team, versus the you know dramatic underdog Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, no one expected them to be here except they were favored in all 20 games they played this season. Uh, it was the Cincinnati Bengals pulling off the biggest 
comeback in AFC Championship game history to come back and defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime with a final score of 27-24. to Joe Burrow went 23-38 of for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes went 26 of 39 for 275, three tutties and two turnovers. Your leading rushers were Joe Mixon and Jay McKinnon for the Chiefs. And uh, it was Higgins and Kelsey, your leading receivers. Kel- uh, Kelsey pulls in 10 receptions for 95 yards and one touchdown. When I was at work, because I, I was working yesterday well, okay. when the game right. started. Trabajo. <clears throat> Trabajo. Uh, so, and I just checked the score like maybe an hour into work, and it was 10 to 21. I was like, oh. And I texted you because I figured you were maybe watching it. I was like, are the Beagles putting up a fight at least? And you told me no. Were you actually watching the game when I texted you that? Um, you can say no. It's okay. No, I wasn't either. I wasn't. So I, uh, I thought I had an inside scoop I on it. I was indisposed. I thought, I thought it was over for us. Uh, us. I'm not a Bengals fan. I do like the Bengals, though. But Fan, fans of hope. And then near they the end of my shift. Tiger and got confused. And then near the end of my shift, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Near the end of my shift, I checked again. It was 21-21. Or, yeah, it was something like that. And I was like, I got I, I to gotta get out of here. I got to get to Brook Hill. And I got to Brook Hill with like six minutes left. And me and Chris watched it. We were screaming who day with the other people that were Bengals fans in the apartment. It was crazy. It was yeah, awesome. that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, rooting for the Chiefs is like rooting for the Empire. I don't know. It's just like not fun. But then, of course, a Chief TV station said that nobody thought they would be here and they defied all the odds. I don't know what odds those are. Going to the Super Bowl three times in a row. Dang, that's really yeah. You hate to see it. Real, I guess. real underdog heartbreak. Truly, for, for the, truly, for the it's Chiefs. unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, sure, everybody refers to his quarterback as Baby Goat, and he's like twenty five. They got the fastest player in the league, but yeah. Definitely major underdogs. Really, it's such a tough road for them. But also, uh, go Bengals. Nobody really Ooh, likes day. the Chiefs anymore. How did um how did overtime play out? So uh, Chiefs got it to start. So like when once once they won the coin toss, me and Chris were like, well, it's over. They got to change the overtime rules. And then uh, there was uh, there was an almost pick on second down, and then on third down it was picked. Like on Crazy a deep tip. pass, yeah. it was tipped, and they picked it off. And then Burrow got it. And they just marched down the field, took their time, and then uh, McPherson kicked a field goal. The rookie McPherson, who proves that you should waste a draft pick on a kicker. I'm yes, saying. from Fort Payne, Alabama, no less. Really, so, I, I yeah. didn't know that actually. Yeah, I remember if you, uh, they Donde, asked him. Don't Fort Payne. It Donde is yes. at the northeast corner of the state. It is where the band Alabama hails from. Interesting. Ah, uh, purveyor, ah that pur- band. Yeah, purveyors of Dixieland delight. Because um, uh, the reason the reason that I figured that out is because they asked him. What what drink he would be enjoying after the AFC Championship? A game. good old sarsaparilla. He said, "Yeah, he said a big glass of sweet tea." And I was like, "That is <laughs> a peculiar yeah. answer for anyone that is not from Fort Payne, Alabama." But turns out that's where he's from. So, so uh, he went sense. to University of Florida, and uh, yeah, was was a notable draft pick. Who I think have the the past like four games for the Bengals, he's kicked the game winning field yes, goal. He's he's twenty one straight, not twenty one straight made. On the road field goals as well, crazy talk because they uh, let's see, they beat the Raiders. Oh, they beat the Raiders pretty good, but they beat the Titans on a last second field goal. Yeah, and he goal, called right? it. He's like, "Yeah, we're we're going to the AFC Championship." And they beat they beat the NFC, Vikings yeah. on a last second field goal to end the or yeah. So yeah, it's uh, this kid's awesome. This kid knows what's up. So yeah, past two games have been won on a last second field goal. By Evan McPherson, so that's that's uh that's what's going on in the AFC. So Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase from LSU will be representing 
the AFC in the Super Bowl in two weeks in Los Angeles. Yes, yes, Alex. If I may say some other AFC news, apparently uh, to replace Joey B in the Pro Bowl, the NFL is sending Mac Jones. Boo. 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Noted person who will, not, who will not be in this Pro Bowl is Derek Carr. If I may look up Derek Carr's stats for a moment. I has 23 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Patriots bias. Yeah. Uh, Carr also has 1,000 more yards than Mac Jones. Also dealt with, you know, the whole losing his coach because emails. But, you know, <laughs> sure. Mac Jones definitely for Pro Bowl. <laughs> You okay? That, was, that made me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> Look, man, it happens from time to time. Don't be yeah, so surprised. Those emails, they'll get you. All right, on the other side of a break, we will be talking about the NFC matchup as for the second straight year, the uh, home team will be playing at home in the Super mm. Bowl. So far. As uh, the Los Angeles Rams. It was guaranteed that whoever won this game will be playing another game. In, I mean, it's almost a home stadium for the 49ers at this point. And so, I was going to say, some, will it even be a home stadium some, for some, the Rams? Some people call it Levi's South. But uh, that is what's happening as, uh, not to bury the lead, but the Rams did come out on top of the San Francisco 49ers thanks to uh, may- maybe a, a poorly timed tweet from a politician. Mm. All of that. I was about to plug that. All of that and more on the other side of a break. We'll let Davis break the news as we talk about the Los Angeles Rams three-point victory and huge comeback against the San Francisco 49ers. You know, Shanahan go to Shanahan. That's all I have to say about that. We'll get to that and more. We want to hear from you at CDiscAU. You can tweet at us or you can call in at 334-844-9345. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM on your terrestrial radio and WeagleFM.com on the internet. We'll be right back in about two minutes with the final segment of the show. Thanks for listening. Don't go anywhere. I heard Spider-Man was there. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. It is 8.47 in the morning. Thank you for hanging out with us for this final segment of the show. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Alex Houston and Davis Carroll. We're talking NFL football as it was Championship Sunday yesterday. As we talked about before the break, Cincinnati Bengals are heading to Los Angeles to play in their first Super Bowl since, I believe, 1988 when they lost to the 49ers. That was a... Boomer Esiason team, yes, that is correct. I bu- yes, I believe it was. Big game Boomer himself. Uh, we've also got Go the, lefty. the home team, Los Angeles Rams. You know, after uh, 55 years of no Super Bowl team playing in their home stadium, uh, it's happened twice back-to-back, so um, it, it's just one of those things. When are the Panthers going to get to play in the Super or have the Super Bowl at their stadium? I don't think Bank of America Stadium will host the Super Bowl for a while. What a shame. It's usually inside, unless Which it's in Miami. It's unfortunate because dome stadiums are boring. Mm, I'm just saying. I disagree. I liked, yeah, Most, that mo- Super Bowl in New York when it was really cold was fun. Mo- yeah, and can't forget uh, the 2006 Super Bowl between the Colts and the Bears when it rained. And then Devin Hester took the opening kickoff back for the touchdown. But then Rex Grossman ruined it all, as he does, because he's Rex Grossman. Human joystick. Boom. I don't know if I, he's called that. I didn't hear that one. I mean, that's Devin, different... ha- that's what you would call it. Oh, a, a I good... thought you were yeah, referring Rex to Rex Grossman. The human, the, yeah, he's no, he's the human giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? He has a long neck, Long Alex. neck. I guess so. It doesn't mean he has a purple tongue. 
All right, the San Francisco 49ers season ended last night as they lost to the Los Angeles Rams by the final score of 20-17. The 49ers were up 17-7 to at one point, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to do what Kyle Shanahan's going to do, and this one went in the favor of the Rams by dint of an inopportune Jimmy Garoppolo errant pass in the fourth quarter that was picked up by... Uh, the Rams' defense. I saw Aaron Donald celebrating. I don't know if he grabbed it, though. No, he didn't. He he get, he got the sack that made him okay. throw it. So Jimmy G goes 16 of 30 for 232, two tutties and a pick. Matt Stafford goes 31 of 45. He throws for 337 in this one, which is crazy that they only got 20 points off of 337 passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Cam Akers gets uh, 13 carries for 48 yards. But the player of the game, I think, was Cooper Cup who hauled in 11 receptions for 142 yards and two touchdowns. And Animal. it was, yeah. Uh, De- I do not Samuel, understand how he does it. Yeah, Debo Samuel uh, put up a good performance as well. He uh, On just four receptions, he went for 72 and one score. So I know Chris Chris DeBias, veteran of the show and my current roommate, has a, uh, has a soft spot for Debo. But that, that was the situation in SoFi Stadium Indeed. Uh, last night as the – 49ers got up to a 81.6% chance of winning in uh, at the end of the third quarter, but it was all Rams the rest of the way as they stormed back to score the final two, tu- two field goals and one touchdown of the game following that third quarter San Francisco 49ers touchdown. And I will say uh, two things before I've got to leave. One, can we just say a quick rest in peace to the entire Detroit Lions fan base? Your three greatest players have, one, retired, two, also retired, and then three traded away, and immediately going to the Super Bowl in his first year gone. And also, I we got to shout out Jimmy Garoppolo because for every time Tom Brady makes us question how good Bill Belichick really is, Jimmy Garoppolo reminds us that Bill Belichick is that good because, man, he's not very good in San Francisco. I don't know what happened. I still got his autograph when he was at Eastern Illinois, so it's pretty cool, and I hope he wins some Super Bowls so it can be worth something. But, like, this was bad. 16-30, not very good. Yep. A lot of slants for Jimmy G last night. It seems like it. Mm-hmm. But Debo Sam was pretty cool. So, anyway. See I you, Alex. Go. Have fun in your mass media law and regulation taught by the voice of Jordan Hare Stadium, Rick Smith. That's pretty cool. Yes, actually. It is pretty cool. All right, anyway, have fun. Bye. And Mel. As opposed to volume media. You might see Alex walking into the Mill classroom building. Yeah. Don't say hello to me. <laughs> Do say hello to him. All right. His mic's off, so he's officially gone from the Bye, Alex. Room. Alex has sadly died. <laughs> All right, uh, Davis, what, what what happened on Twitter that cursed the 49ers to this eventual fate? We had a tweet from current Speaker of the House and Dark Chocolate Connoisseur says in her bio. <laughs> Huge fan of gelato. <laughs> when the at 49ers take down the at Rams NFL today, the best team in the league will be crowned NFC champions. Claim our rightful place in the Super Bowl and turn LA's SoFi Stadium red and gold. Let's go 49er faithful. Hashtag FTTB with the 49ers logo and hashtag SF versus LAR. The Pelosi curse. Man. Is it real? Uh, well, well, Nancy Pelosi, current speaker of the house and dark talking connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. I buried the lead on that one a little too long. Is there a Pelosi curse? Thoughts? I mean, we're going to need some more evidence. I feel like you could find some political actions. That uh, yeah, we need to like, cur- that did, would she, did, she tweet, did she tweet anything about the Giants before their, their <sighs> season ended on that, that called strikes uh, looking? What's the funniest reply to that tweet? I'll let you have some time to... To look over oh, that. there was some crazy ones, but most of them just like 
How are your stocks doing, Nancy? <laughs> Man. That's all they do. This is the first one that shows up an old lady doing the uh, Let's Go Rams gif. Okay. But let's see some other ones. That's a pretty good response, i Most say. of them are just like old people either mad at Nancy Pelosi for being Nancy Pelosi or just like being like, go Rams. Forgot that in Nancy Pelosi represents SF, the original home of the 49ers. Of course she roots for them. Ro Canna reps Santa, reps Santa Clara where the 49ers currently play in Levi Stadium in the house. Thumbs up emoji. The awesome Maxine Waters reps Inglewood where LA Rams play. Great reps for both California teams. I feel like a robot wrote that comment. <laughs> it was incomprehensible. Um, here's some NFL news that got overlooked. Uh, Tom Brady retired? Mm. I mean, no, that happened. But yes, that happened during the uh, the basketball game. So I was like, I thought it was real. Is it not like no? Apparently, what's, it's what's, a fake news story that Adam Schefter got tricked into believing. Was it Barry McCockiter? Like who who got him? I don't know, but he started pushing it, and everybody else picked it up. Since everybody, tr- I mean, Adam, I think Adam Schefter's a pretty trustable source most of the time. Mm-hmm. Trustworthy, rather is the right way to say it. But Tom Brady, after after they got announced, Tom Brady came. I was like, hey, uh, Buccaneers, I'm not. Planned anything? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, yet. The, the NFL. I mean, the ESPN has really reeled this one back because it's not even you know on ESPN. You have the top headlines yes. in the top right. Nothing even mentioning Brady. They 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 retracted it pretty quick. It's like never mind. I'm not gonna reference. You you know I'm gonna reference, but yeah, retracted, <laughs> retracted. Uh, was an ad for the Uncharted movie. I know you're excited about that. I'm not excited, but I'm gonna go see it in theaters <laughs> if you'd like to join. Okay. <laughs> uh. I'll be like in the movie. I'll be like, oh, is Nathan Drake did not. His arms crossed, brow furrowed the entire film. You might get a chuckle out of me once or twice, but I'll be like, oh, gosh. Okay, so Tom Brady not retiring, not officially yet. I think he's 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 been claiming he's going to play till he's like seven. I mean, so. why would you, he's had his top three season? Yes, not even arguably, just like objectively. I think he's going to stay for another. I'm going to say two to three. That's my guess. I'll put money on that right now. I'm saying five. Five? Five. What, he's 44 right now? 49. F- he's No, he's not. Well, he, he'll be 49 oh, when he th- retires oh, is what I, was I about mean. To say. <laughs> he, I don't think even then, would he He still wouldn't be the oldest ever active player because there was that guy that played into his 50s, I think. I'm he looking. for the Bears? I'm looking. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, guys. How y'all doing? While Jack looks it up. Okay. Uh, bad listicle. Um, and a pop-up. Love print really, media. Really, I really love getting, print media. Really uh, getting <laughs> destroyed. Andrew over there. Whitworth, St. Louis Rams tackle, forty years old. I'm talking about. All, is this active? Here's the list of the top ten oldest active players in each league. And if you're at or near forty years old, you may want to turn away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Believe it or not, uh, it looks like forty is like the upper end. Adam Vinatieri played till he was forty-eight. Uh, where I'm trying to find. Brian Blanda. Fitzpatrick is 39. George Blanda is who I'm thinking Oh, about. yeah. George Blanda. Um, Albert Pujols is 42. Interesting. George Blanda played retired at 48. So, if Albert Pujols only 42? 42. 42. Adonis Haslam for the Heat. Udonis. Udonis? Yes. Is 41. I knew that. Iguodala is 38. Iguodala. Carmelo Anthony is 37. <laughs> oh! No! I love Carmelo. <laughs> See, they were all they were all purposely pronounced wrong. Carmelo, as, as you can tell. Carmel Marshmallow. Marshmallow Antonio <laughs> for the for the Mets. I thought you said Roger Rules. The New York Knicks. Albert Pujols. 
So that's what's going on in the NFL. Tom Brady's not retiring, much to the chagrin of NFC South fans. The Buccaneers everywhere. should be ecstatic because who who would be their starting quarterback now? Blaine Gabbard. I mean, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick would have to come back. Oh, he might. He's too. He was too busy being the Bills games though. I guess shirtless. they could grab Minshew. They could possibly. But they have Tom. They'll have Tom Brady for another ten years. Tom, terrific. We'll be back for at least five He's years. He's biding his you, time until he can, can draft it. his son. Mm. It's gonna be like LeBron. That is, could be. Hey, he won't wear number twelve though. So people. Won't. Who is that? Who's that guy? Tom Brady Jr. Hey man, who, who is, is that? Who is that? Uh, so that's what's going on in the world of sports. Just a quick uh, note before we get out of here. We're gonna do NBA scoreboard real quick. Uh, any uh, headlines from the NBA you think are, are worth? Uh, I know, did, did did Joe Ingles get hurt? Is that what I heard? Uh, maybe I don't. I don't even remember. I know Joe Ingles was taking a break to go. Like, yeah, it looks like family. Joe Ingles did get hurt, which will be a huge blow to the Jazz. Um, he's getting an MRI today as he suffered a left knee injury last night, which is tragic for the Utah Jazz because Joe Ingles was really the glue that held that team together. Uh, All star selections have been starting to be named. Apparently, one was leaked. Uh oh. Lamelo Ball <laughs> no. looks like he's going to be an all star based on this like a, an accidental like early release on like a broadcast where they listed him as an all star. Mm-hmm. But he's I don't think they've announced the reserves yet. The coach of the Suns, Williams, is going to coach Team LeBron at the All Star game. Good old Monty. Big stuff there. I think all Monty's right. a cool name. That is yeah. What is it, short for like Montague? Oh maybe I don't know if his. Montague Williams. <laughs> Look into that. All right, your NBA scoreboard. His name is Tavares Montgomery Williams. Hmm. How about that? Maybe Tavares. How it depends on how you pronounce it. All right. Well, your NBA scores from last night, Sunday, January thirtieth. You had the Atlanta Hawks defeated the Lakers, one hundred twenty-nine to one hundred twenty-one. Clippers blew out the Hornets, one hundred fifteen to ninety. Bulls beat the Trailblazers to maintain the best record in the East. Pistons over the Cavs. Magic defeated the Mavericks by two. The Nuggets defeated the Milwaukee Bucks by 36. The T-Wolves took down the Jazz in that uh, game where Joe Ingles got injured by a tally of 126 to 106. And your first-seeded Phoenix Suns defeated the San Antonio Spurs 115 to 110. And so the NBA season, as we approach the All-Star break, is heating up in an exciting fashion, as it is the Bulls and the Suns who are your top teams in the East and West. So that's what's going down over in the land of hoops. And with that, I think we're out of time for today. So that's going to do it. Follow us on Patreon for yeah. the extra 30 minutes. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Get a, Join the reward tier to <laughs> learn what Monty Williams' real name is. It's actually not Tavares Montgomery. I lied. I didn't actually. Okay, it is Tavares Montgomery. I was just burying the lead for the the special Patreon tier. Yeah. All right, with that, we are going to get out of here, but we will be back. Do not fear. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. for all of the exciting sports news, including we've got Auburn versus Alabama coming to Auburn Arena tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. So get the brooms out because hopefully it will be a clean sweep of the Crimson Tide for the Tigers. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Still a lot of basketball still to be played here in Auburn. Auburn Arena tomorrow. All right. With that, thank you so much for listening to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. However, you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna from WeagleFM.com or by listening to our podcast, we would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast. Absolutely PSA break free wherever you get your podcast on your podcast player of choice. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDISCAU, that's at CDISCAU for links to that podcast, information about the show, and important updates, or to request a secret 8.30 a.m. song. You can also tweet at us to get your opinion 
opinion on the show and join the conversation. We are Auburn's only student-run Drive Time Morning Show. You might want to go ahead and follow WEGL on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU. That's Wego underscore AU for updates on events we're doing, including campuses on concerts on campus and uh, DJing the line at the basketball game on Tuesday. So uh, for that, with that, for Jack Hart, Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, and everyone else that joined us for the show today. This has been another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. We wish you a great rest of your Monday, a great week. We will talk at you tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the Tuesday edition of Compact Discourse. As always, this is Jack Hart signing off and War Eagle, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 